Welcome to Cats by 90, a podcast dedicated to you, the Big Blue Nation, basketball, football, and the latest recruiting news. If it's Kentucky sports, then it's here on Cats by 90. Now, from SB Nation's A Sea of Blue, your hosts, Big Blue Drew and Aaron Gershon. Welcome to another episode of the Cats by 90 podcast brought to you by SB Nation's A Sea of Blue. Big Blue Drew is here with you today, not joined by Aaron Gershon. My man cannot stop getting sick. I feel terrible for him. His voice is gone. He's got strep throat. Um, so I'm glad we do this thing remotely and I'm not always contagious around him or he's contagious around me. But um, we got to fill in one of my favorites. Um, Bradley McKee is joining us again today. So Bradley, as always, I appreciate your time coming on with us. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I want to say uh, hopefully Aaron gets to feeling better. Uh, it does suck to, you know, ha- not have your voice or be feeling bad, but let's all wish Aaron to get back on here because he's a lot better at doing this than I am. So I'm just keeping the seat warm for him until he comes back. Cause I know he's the man. Yeah. Aaron's the man. Um, again, I feel bad. I, th- I think, he- I think he told me he didn't, he didn't get sick like one time his entire freshman, sophomore year at Kentucky. And this year, it's just been nothing but sick. But I feel like that's everybody, man. I know my wife had the flu this week. I've managed, hopefully, to avoid it. But you know how that junk can sneak up on you. So, um, yeah, I'm blessed to have health. He's made me very um, feel, like, very gracious to have my health because I know he's been battling it a lot. And it sucks having to go to school and all that stuff when you don't feel good. But, um, yeah, we're glad to have you, Bradley. Um, we've done a – me and you have caught up quite a bit recently on the road trips and stuff, so um, a couple of nice home basketball games. So I'm anxious to kind of recap some of that stuff. Um, but first, we'll start, like always, on the Cats by 90 podcast with the In My Feelings segment. And, whoo, I've been burning all day to get mine out because I'm so heated, man, like so heated. So I'm going to try to keep this very respectful, um, but I'm very mad. So if anybody listens to the podcast, you know that Aaron and I have been planning our big trip to Arkansas. We were we've all year, we were picking an SEC road game basketball. Um, we were going to go to Auburn, but then we had the realization of like, hey, you know what? That Arkansas game is on Martin Luther King weekend, so we get that Monday off. So, hey, you know, they're good this year. Like, you know, that'd be a good one. Let's do that one. So we had it all planned. And then, whew, all right, here I go. So Arkansas does not think Big Blue Drew is important enough to attend this game, apparently, um, because they have denied my credential request every which way. Um, actually was submitted on behalf of, of ESPN Louisville this week. So just totally stunned by that. I get it. It's a Kentucky's coming to town. We bring a lot of media. Arkansas is pretty good this year. So it'll probably be, you know, their biggest home game. I, I get all that. But Bradley, you cannot tell me there's that many people trying to go to Fayetteville, Arkansas, that they can't find your boy a seat, though. Man, that's very disappointing, man. I hate to hear that. And like you said, they they know that Big Blue Nation is coming in town, and they don't want all that media there. Um, you know, in Fayetteville, when Ar- you know when Kentucky comes down to play Arkansas, so they're trying to keep you out of there because the more they get of that Big Blue Nation in there or any type of Kentucky media, they're gonna feel like that they have an advantage, right? You know, when you when you come in, when you when you have a team coming into your to your arena or to your town, you try to make everything diff- difficult as possible, right? You turn the heat up in the locker room. Uh, you make, <laughs> or you, or you have it real cold in there. 
Uh, there's no running water. It smells bad. You want to do everything you can to make that team uncomfortable so they don't come in thinking like, hey, we got this. So that's, that's what they're doing to you. They want to they make sure you don't get in there, Drew, to, so you can tweet out anything about Fayetteville or in the arena or how bad their food is at the concession stand or how their media room is so small that you can't fit in there. So they're just basically um, – you know, trying to keep you out there. And I'm very disappointed. I wish that you were able to go to Fayetteville because it is very beautiful down there. <coughs> I'm lying. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that's how I feel about that right now. You know, I hadn't thought about that aspect of it. That makes me feel a lot better, actually. Maybe that was it, you know, that they're just trying to keep it as uh, Razorback friendly as possible. So that actually does make me feel a little better. Thank you. And there's still a little bit of hope. And then, oh, I don't even throw the other piece in. So then I'm like, so Aaron ain't going right. I think I'm pretty. We're pretty sure Aaron everything was fine with his. Um, you know, he goes with with Big Blue Insider. Um, and you know, Dick Gabriel's a Kentucky legend, so he usually, you know, he's fine. Um, and then we just inquired about, hey, Aaron's sick. Just go ahead and swap the names out. And I haven't gotten final confirmation they're not going to do that, but it did not seem optimistic. So that that was, I should, probably should have started there because that was yeah. real petty. They're like, man, he already had a spot. You can't just swap a name out, but. Hey, you know, whatever. It'll, it'll, um, I'm on the road a lot, so I'll, I'll try to see the positives in it if I don't get to go. I was smart enough to book my flight refundable, so no no worries there. Um, but anyway, I just had to get that off my chest. I feel better already. It ain't no big deal. Uh, maybe now I will go ahead and decide to uh, hit up Auburn because, you know, they're, they're definitely the best game left on Kentucky's schedule, the best win to get at Auburn. So stay tuned. The, uh, the Cats by 90 crew, we might end up, might end up cruising to Auburn. Um, but something that made me feel good, I just, I always pretty much do this, but I keep it easy, man. Just watching my kids grow up has been good. Uh, my daughter got her braces on. She's got contacts now. I got to take her to some basketball games tonight. And then, uh, my son will be walking any, any second now. He's just about got it. He's got his little push cart thing and he's on it. So, so you know, it always makes you feel good to watch your kids grow up. But, uh, what about you, uh, Mr. McKee? What's yeah. going on? Man, you know, right now, something that, you know, I'm in my feelings about and, and not, I'm not happy about is if both my sons in school have been getting in trouble, but not in a, well, yes, I'm going to say in a bad way. They were talking back to their teachers. So tomorrow I'm going to have a meeting with their teachers to figure out what we can do to try to help them out or, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to put some fear in them. You know what I mean? Because uh, I tell them all the time, you go to school, you're there to learn. You're not there to play around. You need to listen to your teachers and you respect them. And so right now they're just kind of getting a little mouthy. And um, that's something that really upsets me because I, I take that really serious that you need to go to school, get your education. It's so important right now. Um, and so sometimes, you know, kids lose their way, right? You got to remind them. You got to be able to, you know, uh, say, hey, look, we need to get back on the course. The, the, the wheels have fell off the track. Let's get it back on. Let's get going straight again. So. That's right now, I'm in my feelings over that. That's what I'm not happy about. But that's been apparent. You know, everybody goes through it. We went through it when we were kids, acting up, and our parents had to get on us and, you know, say, hey, look, we need to get back on online, you know? So, but something that makes me feel good is that, you know, I still love my kids, and you're talking about family and everything. My wife and I, we're trying to plan a, a trip to um, uh, out west, basically, like Los Angeles. We both never been to California. So we're trying to plan that, uh, to, to have some time with ourselves, uh, to, you know, maybe go out to Staples Center. Uh, she likes wine. So I'm sure we're going to go to somewhere to drink some wine, but 
uh, I'm excited to be doing that. That's uh, even though it's not until the summer, but we're we had just talked about it and it made me feel good, especially after my kids were acting up at school. I needed something to like kind of re-guide me to get me going. And that was one thing that she did. She's like, hey, let's just plan a trip for you and I to go out west and, and kind of see some things out there in California and hit the beach up and go to maybe a winery or, you know, uh, do some things you want to do, too, as well. So that's all I have to say about that right now. But that's where I'm at. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. I know that. Um, yeah, I always I've never really done the like Southern California thing. I've been to San Francisco once, um, San Diego once, but I've never really done like the L.A. type scene. But I know I always just like going out west to like it's just so different man. the landscape. Like when you're in Kentucky, you know, you can only see like a couple blocks in front of you. There's a mountain or a hill. And I'm always enjoy going out west. And I really want to do the national parks and stuff just because of how flat and just just different it is. So that that'll be fun for y'all. And, and I'll follow up on that, too. I was actually uh, I got a similar message from a teacher, I think, last week. And I was in a tough spot, man, because it was the teacher that always rolls the video machine out every day. Every day, Lily comes home and is like, oh, we watched another movie. We watched Holes or or we watched uh, some other dumb movie. Don't have no education. And so that that teacher kind of sent me some. Oh, she's getting off task. So that was a tough one to address. But, you know, that's, I guess, the burden we carry as parents. You know, you always got to correct them when they need corrected yes you do <laughs> uh, but man so we actually like i was getting at so um so bradley and i we spent the we hung out a lot at the belk bowl and i know we've kind of beaten a dead horse on the belk bowl but man i still have been looking back on that trip it was one of definitely the best football game i've covered i think that goes without saying but um i know you you did your video you were there you're talking to the players stuff like that um, did you have any big takeaways or just like good stories, anything you wanted to share from uh, your time in Charlotte? You know what? Just the whole, I mean, obviously the big story was, you know, Lynn Bowden and, and, and the back and forth with the Virginia Tech players and, and all that. But, you know, it was just, it was good to sit back and kind of watch how everything just kind of developed, you know, like from, from going from, Oh, they're fighting to basically them settling down in the game and to Lynn basically diving in and being able to, you know, put the team on the shoulders and they go back and, and they go and win that game. Cause there for a minute, I had a little doubt that Kentucky probably was not going to win that game just because everything was kind of going Virginia Tech's way. You know, they, they were trying to figure it out. They were, you know, they were figuring out some holes in Kentucky's defense. Kentucky looked like they were getting a little bit tired. You know, it's it's hard when you have a month off and then you try to get back into, you know, playing. You know, we know football is a contact sport. And you can see a lot of it out there where guys were missing tackles because they haven't done it for a while. If you're not used to doing it, and, and I know they practice and I know they do certain things, but that game every week you you get those reps, you know, and you and you, it's muscle memory. It's everything's memory in your brain. Like you know how to make those tackles, but when you take a whole month off from actually playing, it, it's it's a it's a big difference. But you know what? Charlotte was great. I actually have a little story when staying there. After the game, our family and I, we went to uh, Fleming's. It's like a steak place there in Charlotte. Walk in, the first person I saw in the booth was Coach Stoops and his wife. And I looked <laughs> over and uh, he kind of said, hello, what's up? We go on in. The the waiter, the waiter he takes us to our seat. Next thing you know, next to us, it was Coach Vince Merrill. And he's like, hey, oh, wow. what's up, big dog? So he came over. I introduced my family. He introduced me to some of his family and friends that were there. We sit next to each other. And we kind of, you know, 
talked a little bit, but we also enjoyed our dinner. So it was kind of cool to sit in there and, and hang out and have a nice little steak and some potatoes and, and hang out with Coach Merrill over there. And then he left. and uh, He said, Happy New Year. and Very nice meeting you guys, you know, whatnot, especially my family. So it was kind of cool to, to – that was one of my takeaways. It was kind of cool for, um, you know, for me to see. Even my even my sons were like, the next day, I think we saw something on TV, and I think they had showed Vince Merrill. And they're like, Dad, we, we just had dinner with him. I was like, yeah, yeah, it's Coach Merrill. So uh, it was kind of cool for my sons to kind of be able to see that and, and experience a little bit of that. Oh, man, I <laughs> – yeah, I would think that most of our listeners here on the Cats by 90 podcast would probably think it's pretty cool to basically have a steak dinner with Vince Merrill and, you know, chopping up with Mark Stoops um, after a, the biggest win, you know, in recent memory. So, yeah, that is cool. And, man, I was going to mention that, too, before I teed you up a little bit, is that, like, so this is why I like having Bradley on the podcast, because um, how do I word this? Like, so not only, <laughs> like, the players like you. They they seek you out. It's a lot different with people like me and Aaron and like every other media member, honestly, for the most part. It's not that the players don't like us or don't want to talk to us, but they they don't see you, in my opinion, as so much of as a media member. Like you have that luxury and you've kind of um, you know, built your reputation. I know you know a lot of the guys in the NBA, like they know you by name. Um, there's that good video that like I took a video of you taking a video um, after the Louisville game and Ashton just running right up to you, you know, talking into your camera. So that's kind of the reason I really like always bringing you on and stuff, because you have a perspective that like most of us do not have and don't get. And that's the fact that the players, um, you know, see you in a different light than most of us. Yeah. You know, I don't know how that really happened. Uh <laughs> You know, that's a blessing, I guess, you know, that they, they feel like they can relate to me. I guess I don't feel, you know, and some, I'm not saying all media members. I'm just saying some of them, maybe some of the guys feel threatened by them because they don't know their angle, that whether they're asking them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when I talk to those guys, I feel like we're like you and I, we're just having a conversation. I just want to get to know you as much as you want to get to know me. And so sometimes I know that people are doing their job. They're wanting to, you know, ask them questions about whatever the case may be. And that's fine. But I always try to break the ice. They're always getting questions about, you know, their game and Coach Cal and this and that. But you know, I always try to look at things just like, you know, what they're wearing, you know, their shoes or their clothes or, you know, something that happened on the court. I know I think last game you asked Ashton Higgins about the slime thing, you know, because I think Tim Sullivan mm-hmm. was asking, what was you doing? Was that like a – he didn't know what it was. He was like, oh, it's a slime thing. It's just like a brotherhood that, you know, Max and I do. Right. And so, you you know, it's it those type of things that they relate that you have to remember at the end of the day, they are still kids. You know, they still like video games. They still like the color, maybe, you know, they just, you know, they're just kids. And so sometimes it's hard for some of us as an adult or media members to realize they are kids and they do make mistakes and they still have like a, a mindset of not of a full adult just yet because they're still playing ball. They're still amateurs. So. I try to go in in that mindset and talk to the guys, and I feel like over time, I just be, you know, the guys had I guess related to me, and feel like, hey, he's a friend. I feel like I can talk to him and tell him anything, and he won't try to flip the script on me. So um, it's it's very cool uh, to have that. You know, I'm glad that the the guys do actually like me and talk to me, and uh, there's something that I can enjoy because you know I was once an athlete, but I never had anybody talk to me. I never had media in my face you know, telling me, hey, how was your game or breaking down how I played or or watching every move I make. So 
you know, I always try to like look at that perspective. Like they are, are human beings. They're not just athletes, you know? And so, uh, I try to approach it a little different than some, some media members. And that's, and that's no shot against any media member. It's just, it's the way I do it. Yeah. You know, we're a little bit fortunate, like, because, you know, our jobs and the stuff that we go there to do, we're not really necessarily tasked with, you know, critiquing or even providing any real criticism or, um, I mean, I think we act professional, you know, but it's a little bit different if you're working at the Lexington Herald Leader, the Courier Journal, yes. um, things like that, you know, you got to approach things differently. So I, I get it. But again, that's always something that I've appreciated about you. And I think gives you like a, a, a perspective that not a lot of people really have, um, to kind of get insight on the players, which kind of leads me to a question that I wanted to ask you, which was so again, I mean, you go, you go back. I mean, I know sometimes we talk and you know, you know, guys on some really good teams that are in the NBA, you have several seasons under your belt. Um, just like personality wise and kind of like the way they handle their business. What's just your opinion on this team and how do you think it's going to translate to March? Like basically, do you think they got it or, you know, are, are they still have some stuff that personality wise or um, that, you know, they maybe need to pick up before March? You know what? I, I, at first they didn't have it, but I'm starting to see now guys actually get it. And, um, you know, and it all starts with the veteran players. I think that, you know, you got to have somebody on there that's been through the ringer a little bit, you know, that's been through a couple losses that been through some struggle in the game. And I think a guy like Nick Richards, you know, he does a lot by playing hard out there. You know, he, he, he guys follow that. And even with Ashton Hagen, uh, I think Nick Richards is the biggest key. And I think I said that last time we had talked that Nick Richards was like the key. And I think for him, he's now, you can tell he's so mature. Now when you talk to him, he understands that he, you know, he's, He's so loose. Um, you know, he's not thinking about how he's playing. He's going out there to play. He re He's realizing how good he can be. And so uh, this team is definitely starting to get it. You got guys like Maxi, who is always smiling, who's loose, who is just a freshman. He is so happy to be at UK, you know, and, 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 and he had that really good game against Michigan State, and then he struggled, right? He struggled a bit, and that's something that I think he learned that, hey, I'm not going to play well every game, but I can also, I can play defense. You know, I can still drive and kick and get get it to the open men. And, and, you know, for my players, I can still help out the team without scoring. And so once he figured that out, now the scoring starting to happen for him because other guys are creating for him. You know, whether it's Ashton kicking in the lane or it's quickly going in there and kicking out to him or even people are double teaming on Nick Richards, you know. And so I think this team definitely has it. But, they're going to still need guys like Khalil Whitney and Keon Brooks to really come in and give them stuff off the bench, you know, or even Johnny Juzang, whenever he gets healthy, be able to come in and give them good minutes, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, or even 20 plus. They still need those guys to contribute because I think we have the starting five. I think the starting five is looking really good. It's just that bench needs to get a little bit more, needs to have a little bit more uh, to contribute to the games in order for them to really make a deep run because uh, teams out here now uh, are starting to figure out, trying to or trying to figure out how to stop Kentucky's guards and Nick Richards. Yeah, I wasn't sure if we were going to like totally agree on that or not, and I was with you every step of the way. I think that if you would have asked me, you know, a couple weeks after the Champions Classic, even removed from the Evansville loss and stuff, I would have said the same thing. I'm just not sure that this team's personality is, you know, where it needs to be, uh, you know, to have the confidence and 
you know, dragging each other across the finish line, like Cal says, in order to go to a Final Four championship. But, man, over the last few weeks, it's the opposite. Every time I've been around the team, I've got that sense. I think Ashton's the leader, which which was, is what needed to happen. I think that he's, you know, he's the point guard, but he's also got the most experience, um, you know, playing in the backcourt. He's played in some big games. So I think specifically Ashton has really showed me that over the last couple of weeks is just the way he handles the media. Even his play, man. I mean, he's he's getting so shifty on the court. I feel like he, he didn't have all that shiftiness to his game um, that I've seen over the last few weeks. And then Nick, obviously, um, his confidence is just soaring right now. And I think that this team, the way that they're sitting right now, has the the um, the willingness to do what each player needs to do. Like nobody's going out there trying to get 20 points a game and do anything like that. And really the only person's game that kind of fits the mold to go out there and I guess play selfishly would be the best way to put it is Tyrese Maxey. And his personality is the complete opposite of that. He's probably the most unselfish player on the team. You know, I think he's he's team first. He never stops smiling. So I've been getting excited because I'm really starting to see that happen. And then and then lastly, just like you talked about, and I think everybody's saying is that, yeah, this team's getting good. They really are. I mean, I think they came out 10th in the AP poll today. But the real problem right now is just going to be finding that consistency and really getting somebody besides Ashton Hagens, Emmanuel Quickly, Tyrese Maxey, and Nick Richards to play. And I don't think it necessarily has to – it doesn't have to be Nate or it doesn't have to be EJ or Keon or Khalil. It can be one of them every night is what I keep saying. Really, I keep saying out of those four guys – if they can just get two, you know, playing to their ability or even a little, you know, above what they've been doing each night, that's, you know, what obviously take this team to the next level and potentially get them to a Final Four. But as good as those four guys are, I just don't know that they're going to be able to do it without that support. Yeah, you got to you gotta have that support. and You got to have, you know, obviously basketball, we know, or any sport, it's a team game unless you're you know, golf or tennis or whatever. You know, but you know when you talk about basketball, it's a team sport, so you need guys clicking on all cylinders. You know, and uh, you know I'm really uh, a guy that we really kind of we talked about, we didn't talk much about. You know, we we're going through the list it was Emmanuel quickly. I mean, that dude has really changed his game and his whole mindset. His confidence is through the roof. I think he somebody asked him how hot is he, and he said, you know, you touch me, you might get burned. You know, and mm-hmm. so yeah. he's a guy. He's a guy. I think is as a silent killer, you know, because he can knock down big shots. He takes care of the ball. When you watch him play, he doesn't do anything out of ordinary. He doesn't force anything. He lets the game come within, you know, within himself. Uh, he's always worked really hard. I think he's a guy that does a lot of stuff outside, you know, that you can't see where he's putting shots up at the gym late at night. I think he even said he, he's been up to like midnight, him and Maxie putting in, you know, getting up shots whenever they can especially when they didn't have, um, you know, school or have class. So, you know, that also helps out too. And he's a guy that always kind of came off the bench who should probably be a starter, which I think they probably will put him in a starting role. Um, so, you know, they need everybody clicking on all cylinders. But I think Keon and Khalil are, are two guys that can really help them out, especially because when you look at them, their size, you know, you're talking about a six, seven, six, eight guy and a six, nine guy. Who has long wingspan? Who, who you know, especially uh, Khalil Whitney, who's very strong, and Keon, who's very bouncy. Uh, you know, those guys can go up and, and, and you know, and probably hit their heads on the rim. They're going to need those guys to play at a high level 
you know, to guard people, rebounding, bringing energy, um, you know. And so, like you said, I think if this team um, keeps gelling like they're gelling, keep progressing like they're progressing, at the end of the year, man, there's one of those teams that could make the Final Four and make a, you know, and have a nice run in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the mode of Cal, right? I mean, it's like we watch the same movie every year and we have the same conversations and then, you know, come tournament time, they're ready. So what more could you ask for? But two quick points and then we'll preview um, South Carolina real quick on, on Keon and Khalil. One, I thought it was pretty cool and telling that today they had some media availability ahead of the game like they usually do. And the Kentucky and Coach Cal actually chose to send Khalil Whitney to the media um, which normally, you know, the players struggling like they are, a place like Kentucky, um, you typically wouldn't do that. But they did. He handled it well. He basically said, look, he um, I really like the quote that he had. It was something along the lines, I'll paraphrase, of, um, you know, I know a lot of you guys in the media think that this stuff is eating me up, but it's not. I'm, you know, he said he's trusting the coaches. They're telling him to, you know, fuel his game on defense, and he's trying to do it. So I think the Dragon's going to be just fine. Um, his head seems to be in the right spot. And then another one, I could be totally wrong about this, but I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the case. So I'm 6'5", right? I'm pretty much right at 6'5", not 6'5 and a half, not three-fourths. I'm 6'5". And I feel like every time I've been next to Keon Brooks, he's like damn near the same height as me, maybe a couple inches taller. So I think, man, his arms and stuff are so long, but to have his type of bounce um, with just being a few inches, if that, you know, taller than me, I've always thought was interesting. I'll be, I have to go back and look at like the pro day or something like that and see what they measured him as. I mean, that's just a total random tidbit, but, yeah. um, he's, he's not as tall, I guess, as, as you might think. Yeah, no, I was at the media availability today and you're right. I mean, Keon Brooks, all right, I'm sorry, Khalil Whitney, uh, he looked a little bit like his body language and I know he probably wasn't meaning it. He looked a little down on himself. Okay. With the same, he, he, you know what I mean? Like, he didn't have, I mean, he, he was trying to work through it. I think that he's, you know, they, they've been talking to him. They've been trying to, like, build his confidence back up. But, uh, he did say something like, uh, he's been watching a lot of film of his, uh, favorite players, which he said was, uh, Paul George and, uh, um, uh, Leonard. And I said, well, what are you watching? Though? He's like, and he said, I watch, you know, the way they play defense, the way, you know, they get their shots off, the way, you know, they hustle, you know, and I think that's interesting. I think if he can take a little bit from both of those guys, you know, which are very good, they're all-stars and probably future Hall of Famers, you know, if he can take that, you know, the Kawad defense and use his length and strength like Kawad and then, you know, even Paul George, he's a great defender too. If he has that mindset, come in, I'm a defend, I'm a guard, my man, I'm gonna make sure he doesn't score. I'm gonna rebound and do those little things and, and, and worry about and know how to close out on guys and use his angles. He'll be just fine. The scoring will come. I think, uh, he, he's worried about scoring because that's what he's been doing all his life in high school. And that's how you make yourself feel good. Oh, I scored 25 points or I dropped that many. But at Kentucky, we know that you don't have to average a lot of points to make it to the next level. You do those small things by rebounding you know, sacrificing yourself, you'll be just fine, you know? Like, you can do those things uh, and still get drafted. But for him, I think this is all a learning tool for him. Even Keon, it's just a learning tool for both of those guys. Understanding your role and do it to the best of your ability, and then good things will happen. It's not all about scoring, you know? It's all about 
Are you making your team better? Are you getting better as a person, having a good attitude? So there's some things I think they got to work through, but I think at the end of the day, they'll be fine. These guys are high-level athletes. They're, they're great kids. And, you know, Cal, he wouldn't recruit them if he thinks he, if they couldn't play at the University of Kentucky. So they just need to believe in themselves. You know, it's all about breaking down a little bit and then building you back up. Yeah. And, you know, too, bro, I feel like, man, if he could just get – because one of those phenomenal – jaw-dropping sports center top 10 dunks. I think that would just go such a long way for him and his confidence. And you know coming out of high school, that was his game. It was slam dunk on your head, get the crowd hype, and kind of fuel himself from there. He does have a lot of, you know, he can shoot the ball and stuff like that. But that's really his game, and it's his athleticism playing above the rim. So every game I just keep hoping, man, maybe something will come off the rim just right, or he'll get a little trail pass back and just thump on somebody. So I'm still looking for that. I think that a couple big plays um, will really go a long way for Khalil Whitney. Cal talked a lot about after the Alabama game. I mean, he was just doing anything he could to pump him up in the media. You know, he got that block that was actually called a foul, but would have been a pretty big play. So they're doing whatever they can, man, to get that kid going. And I think it'll happen, and hopefully it's this year. But if it's not, I just – you know, we'll have an experienced player back next year. But it's at least good to see him sticking with the game plan, and it'll be something to keep our eyes on going forward. But real quick, um, try to keep this one a little bit faster on the Cats by 90 podcast. But let's just kind of – so obviously um, today's Tuesday, January 14th. Um, tomorrow, very weird, 6.30 Eastern tip-off, very unusual. They have another one of those um, against – um Vanderbilt here coming up I think next week or something so very strange I don't know I don't like it I need I need that little extra 30 to get to Lexington but the Cats do travel to Columbia tomorrow um South Carolina you know is what it is they're eight and seven but you know damn well Frank Martin's probably having a maniac practice right now and he's gonna he's gonna have his guys ready to play tomorrow so just the second true road game so I think the Cats will still be in for a, a test tomorrow yeah, anytime you go on a road, and you know, Cal talks about it all the time about, you know, this is everybody's Super Bowl, and he's right, you know. Every and, and teams like South Carolina, they're looking for something to I'm sure Coach Frank is uh Frank Martin's looking for something to get his team to play at a higher level, to play a little harder. And what what you know, you bring Kentucky in, that's gonna make you play at a different level. These guys are gonna be playing harder than they probably ever played all season, just because it's Kentucky. So Kentucky's definitely got to watch out for these road games, you know, and, and, and you know, I, and I feel like Kentucky does a good job. We saw against Georgia. Georgia got up and they were, you know, flicking the jerseys, popping the jerseys. They were excited, you know. But in the same time, Kentucky was very even killed. They settled down and they started playing their game and then they ran away with them. And I think that's why Kentucky's so good. They, they've learned now to how to play on the road. These guys don't get fluttered. You know, they don't let anything bother them. And it's always a tough place to go to play to any of these schools in the SEC. So um, I think Frank Martin and, and South Carolina are going to be ready to play. But at the same time, I'm like you. I think they're going to be able to take care of business uh, just because I think they have better they have, they have have better talent than South Carolina, you know. And uh, I watched South Carolina play a couple games when they played Florida. And uh, I forgot who else they played. It might have been Mississippi State. They beat Virginia. They, they were the ones that beat Virginia at home, right? Wasn't that South Carolina? Uh, was it? Was it? But the games I watched them play, they didn't look very good. And uh, I'm not saying that they're not a good team, but they just didn't play very well. They didn't play at the level that Frank Martin wanted his team to play, where it's like tough, hard nose. You know, they like to play defense, 
get up in you, be a very aggressive. And I think that's what they're going to try to do with Kentucky. They're going to basically try to get Kentucky in foul trouble, especially Nick Richards, because they know how effective he is on both ends of four, like we had talked about earlier. Yeah, I forgot that was South Carolina. Um, they beat Virginia on their home floor by 11 and scored 70 points on Virginia, which just that's might as well be 200. That's crazy. Yeah. So they definitely have the power. And I was um, I was down there last year when um, South Carolina came to Rupp Arena and I was real close to Frank Martin the, the whole game. And he terrifies me. He's a scary individual, um, but he, he knows what he's doing and he's going to have those guys ready to play. But I'll say this, Bradley, if Kentucky – if we're sitting here on Monday or Sunday morning and Kentucky sweeps these next two games, if they beat South Carolina and then go on the road and beat Arkansas this weekend, then I really do. I think, you know, they've earned that top 10 ranking back again. And um, they're smooth sailing, man. And the stock is high right now for the Cats. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, man. Arkansas is a very tough team. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm jumping ahead a little bit because you had talked about Arkansas. But Arkansas, I watched them play against LSU. And uh, they're tough. They were on the road. Uh, they lost that game, but I tell you what, they are tough. They're the typical Arkansas teams back in the '90s. How they were, you know, get up in you and shoot the ball really well, knock down a lot of threes. Um, so you know what the SEC, man. I know a lot of people always say, "Oh, it's down this year," but at the end of the day, they still get four to sometimes eight teams in the tournament every year. You know, just because they play so physical, they play so hard. And so when you play against these other teams, whether it's the West Coast or ACC, whatever, they know how to physically uh, empower themselves and will themselves to win because they play so hard. So um, that that only prepares Kentucky for when they get in a tournament, when they play against teams like that. So, um, you know, uh, I agree with you. If they can get those, these next couple wins, man, then you, you talk about a team solidifying themselves and being in the top ten and making a name for themselves and saying, look, Watch out for this team because they're going to make a nice little run. Yeah, and, you know, these road games they have are important, too. They got at Arkansas and at Auburn are probably the two, maybe at Texas Tech, but I don't think that's even ranked as high, would be as as good of, like, quadrant win as at Arkansas and Auburn. So those are huge. They need to pick them up. I mean, the story of college basketball this year is, you know, every conference pretty much besides the Big Ten, oh, there's no good wins left to get. So they got to get them where they can get them. Um, it's already going to be hard enough to work up into the – you know, two, three seed range, the way things sit right now. But like I said, the stock is up on the Cats. So we appreciate everybody listening to Cats by 90 podcast. Thanks, as always, to Bradley McKee for jumping on. Um, you can follow him. What is it? What is your uh, Twitter? Twitter, it's uh, Bradley underscore uh, under, uh, Bradley underscore B underscore row. Almost got my own Twitter name. <laughs> I think I messed you up. Yeah, I was going to try to do it off memory and I was going to mess it up. So, man, thank you so much for jumping on. Um, we'll definitely do this again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, definitely check out a Sea of Blue um, for all stuff related to Kentucky sports. And we'll catch everybody next time. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow Cats by 90 on Twitter at Cats by 90. You can also follow Aaron and Drew at agershon 99 and at Big Blue Drew 33. And remember, no matter the opponent, it's always Cats by 90.